Hey, Mostly Soccer Podcast listener. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Howdy, 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 folks, and welcome back to the 77th episode of the Mostly Soccer Podcast. And today, broadcasting to you live from the newly branded Vivid Seats Studio, a.k.a. Jimmy's Basement. We sold out. We did sell out big time. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today? Jimmy upset. Jimmy upsets. And there was quite a few of those this weekend. Beginning Friday night and carried on straight through the weekend. Yeah, well, it was an interesting weekend, to say the least. Uh, Just returned from Nashville today on a weekend getaway. And uh, interesting place, if you were wondering. Interesting good or interesting bad? Um, when you think of Nashville, what do you what do you think of? What are the images that are conjured up well, in your mind? I think of cowboy hats, mm-hmm. cowboy boots, correct, and um, country music. Country, well, country music and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. I don't know. Where are um, you? damn it. You're not helping the, me. The, the brides before the wedding. Oh, uh, bachelor parties. Yes, thank you. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's a shit ton of those. Yes. But uh, Nashville, quite the party city. They don't call it Nash, Nash Vegas. Vegas for no reason. And uh, I was expecting it, mm-hmm. but not to the extent you were which ill-prepared? I walked into. Oh. I mean, uh, we landed on Friday night, and we didn't go out until probably 9 or 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that Broadway, the main strip, you Mm -hmm. literally couldn't move because it was so packed in. It was like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was an absolute cluster of folks. And I I was not ready for that on the first night. But uh, Nashville, lots of drinking. Basically, the only thing you can do is drink and eat. So Uh, two great things to do. Those are two great things. It is. But, you know, to an extent, right? I don't like your negativity you're bringing. This is, I'm kind of disappointed because I've heard great things about Nashville. Uh, that's now. all I had heard too. And uh, I don't dislike Nashville. I'm glad I went. I had a good time. Would not go back. Ooh, bold. You know, I'm not a country music person. See, there's there's the issue right there. But that I mean, lets you know all you need to know <laughs> about Michael. He's just not a good person. I mean, you would like the music and I like the music too. But it's it's just too many fucking people. And it's too much drinking for me. I mean, really. I mean, it's like you wake up and you're like, all right, well, I can either go drink or I can go eat or I could stay in the room. So it's like, pick your poison. So obviously you're, you're like, I'm on vacation. I'm going to go drink and eat. So then it's 11 a.m. and you're already like three beers deep and you're like, oh, well, now I have to go take a nap or else I'm going to vomit the rest of the night. And then you waste half the day. I don't know. It was... It was okay. You sound pretty soft. I got to say, you sound concerningly, I don't know. I I mean, softer. Nashville, I think, is a good way to describe it as aggressive. It's too aggressive for me. But, I mean, (laughs) if you're you're a party person, the place is for you. They have some great food down there. Uh, Hattie B's. Yeah. Hot chicken. I I have to say, I saw the food on the the Snapchats and everything, and I uh, was mighty jealous. The food is the highlight of that place. Uh, Martin's barbecue, fantastic. Hattie B's, loved it. Uh, lines for both places, though. Oh, wait, you gotta tourist traps. Hey, yeah, hey, you know you deal with the lines. What you gotta do? Yeah. You wanna you wanna dance? You gotta pay the band. It's true, but the best place that I went in Nashville was actually for the soccer. It was the Arsenal Bar, Fleet Street Pub. I, that's Shout what out. I was gonna ask you about. I saw I saw the pictures. Looked like a mighty fine place. It was. It was fantastic. It was super, like. England, London feels. And they even had pies there. They had some great pints on tap. They had the Icelandic beer that I haven't had <laughs> since being in Iceland. So that was awesome. But um, sadly, the game didn't go as planned. But overall, good time. We will get into that. There will be a lot of Arsenal Liverpool talk on this podcast, uh, driven by my emotion. So stay tuned for that. But Jimmy, let's get into it, unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about. No, I think that's pretty good. I, I wanted to hear about your trip, and then I wanted to get into the week of the upsets. You wanted to hear a rating, though, for the trip. I do. I, I do think. like hearing ratings. Also, I'm disappointed there was no spider stories this time. 
For anybody mm. who didn't have the, hear that from the Ireland trip, they should go find that episode and look it up. Yeah, it's called um, Euro Trip, I think. So uh, I'm disappointed by that. Titans fan shop had a lot of daddy long legs Ooh. roaming around there. You just attract the spiders. I really do. But uh, for a rating of Nashville, it's a six six. You know what it is? It, it'd be That's great rough. if you were going somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like a layover, like a two-night stop in Nashville would be more than enough. But anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to go for yourself. I'm going to have to go judge think. it myself now. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Friday, August 23rd, we had Villa play Everton. Perhaps uh, one of the bigger upsets of the weekend, right? The return of the villains. Yeah. And uh, they get a 2-0 victory over Everton at home. Their first win in the Premier League since they've been back. And we got goals from who, Jimmy? Wesley. Oh, yeah. And El Ghazi. And El Ghazi, yeah. Two pretty simple goals, seemingly. I mean, I don't think Pickford did particularly well on the... He didn't do great on the last one, that's for sure. Yeah, that's the one. Um, But in the end, I mean, it it really didn't matter. It was a 95th minute. Game was over at that point, realistically. Yeah. Uh, But Everton, not the start to the season they were hoping for. No, and... The issue with Everton remains, where are the goals coming from? Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not the guy that you want to see. We said it last week. He can't score. He's a striker who does a lot, but just can't put the ball in the net. Yeah, he lacks the most important thing. Richarlison's been poor to start the season. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest uh, disappointment so far for Everton has to be Andre Gomes, who has been pretty abysmal. Um, You know, a player who was very poor at Barcelona— then was loaned to Everton last year, had a great season. Everton fans were ecstatic when they were able to sign him. But uh, I think you saw the reason why this guy went from someone who sold for like $45, 50000000 to someone who sold for 20s last season. Just he, he he hasn't had a great start to you. I think he'll come around, but when I look at this team, like you said, they just need to start scoring goals. We need to see goals. I th- they need to make the move to Moise Ken as a starter. Need to stop giving him 20 minutes to come in. Just put him in. Um, I think that something could be said about giving Awobi and even maybe Walcott a chance to get into the lineup over Richarlison right now. And maybe even Gilfie kind of change the formation a bit and get him out of there because they just really aren't offering much right now. I think Bernard's been good. I think he's been the yeah. best spot. Him and Dean have been the best players so far this season. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There really hasn't been many bright spots this season aside from Luca Dean. And Bernard has looked good in the short three games that we've yeah. had. But Awobi did come on, I'm pretty sure. And he's, he did. He smacked the post, right? He did, yeah. So yep. he almost. That's what I mean. I think maybe it's in. a chance to bring the new guys in next week and give them a chance to start. Yeah, I mean. Everton are going to be okay. Let's not uh, jump off the deep end yet, but there hasn't been anything in these three games that have convinced me that they're going to be Europa League spot contenders. I mean, maybe the only thing that's really going well for them is that Watford have fallen off a cliff in these first three games. And, uh, you know, they're a contender for that too. Yeah, I mean, I I do want to say too, Douglas Louise does look like the player that uh, we thought he could be for Villa. I mean, they spent a decent amount of money bringing him in from City. Were able to get the work permit, which City were unable to do last season when they wanted him to be the backup to Fernandinho. And he's he's looked good so far. Scored a goal previous game. Did a nice job in midfield in this one. So, looking quite good. All right, Jimmy. Let's move on because yes. I don't have too much to say about that game, truthfully. Uh, I was packing for my trip, but something that I did get to watch in full was Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1. The reverse prediction. I jinxed myself. I gave Arsenal 3-1, Liverpool I really did. And uh, quite the interesting game, Jimmy. Uh, So got to watch this with some fellow Arsenal fans. Funny enough, uh, on the plane going to Nashville, I recognized this woman. I had no idea where from. I thought maybe I'd worked with her in like one of my Mm part-time jobs before. So I get off the plane. I'm wearing my Arsenal jacket. And then uh, I'm walking to the Uber and someone just yells, Red Army. So I turn around and it's her. And I was like... I know you from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, you ever been down to Hope Street? I she's been she's my one guess. of the people from uh, the guess. Arsenal bar. And the first thing she said was like, you going to Fleet Street on uh, on Saturday? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we ended up meeting there again, whatever. It was a good time. There was probably 50 to 70 people packed into that bar. And nice. it was it was awesome. That's awesome. Great time. Not to quite the result you all were hoping no, for. But... No, but lots of... 
lots of Arsenal fans hidden away in Nashville, apparently. So that was uh, something that I didn't think I was going to see. I thought it would be kind of dead in there, to be honest. But really great atmosphere there. Really great crowd. But let's get into the game. Arsenal come out with an interesting lineup, a lineup that I didn't really see coming. You know, I might have actually predicted the lineup perfectly, but I didn't think Joe Willock was going to get the start. I didn't think that Matteo Guendouzi and Granit Xhaka were going to start together. I thought we might see Torreya and Guendouzi. And, um, you know, the back line is the back line. But no Lacazette, kind of the big glaring thing. Yeah, uh, I was surprised by that. I wasn't surpri- too crazy surprised by the midfield. I kind of had said that I thought Xhaka would come back in to bring in a physical presence, deal with the physical midfield of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I think the start of Pepe was the right move. Pepe, for the first time in a while, made Virgil van Dijk look nervous at times. That's what the consensus has been, that Virgil van Dijk, I mean, if, if you watch the game, you would know, didn't have a bad game by any no, stretch. he was perfect. But... He was he was fine. He saved a goal at one point with a mm-hmm. great play. Um, was usual his usual self mo- for most of the game. But there were moments which usually you don't see. Any. Uncomfortable from Virgil but Van Dyke. Almost as uncomfortable was Nicholas Pepe deciding how to pass or shoot. It's like <laughs> he'd forget. He'd do something great. He would make a great run, a great dribble, and then there were moments where he almost looked like he would fall over every time he was trying to make that last decision. I will say, I think Nicholas Pepe had one of the. Best I thought games he was for, an Arsenal best player. player. Yeah. I thought he was their best player by far. I can't think of anyone else who, who maybe had a better game than him. I mean, he was the spark. And I think we're seeing that every game as he gets more minutes, he's getting better and better. And he looks more fit every time mm-hmm. he plays. But first 40 minutes um, and basically the entire game, Liverpool dominate Arsenal, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was an onslaught from Liverpool. This game, in a lot of ways, reminded me of City Spurs the previous week. Mm-hmm. And and I think it, if Arsenal could have got one of the goals from Pepe and Aubameyang, the chances they had, I think it could have been that same type of game yep. where they got dominated in terms of shots, in terms of possession, but in the end, they kind of had a chance to scrap it. I thought that chance was there in the first half. Second half completely changed. Yeah. Second half, Liverpool came out of the locker room and just dominated. And we should say they did score in the first half, Joel Matip. Yeah. The guy you expected, of course. But I, I want to stop you here and before we get into the second half. So first half, I mean, not not like, I don't want to say promising from Arsenal because that's not the right word to use, but it was, it was solid from Arsenal, right? You come into the game against Liverpool away at Anfield and Arsenal had an interesting tactic, I think, from Emery. It was to kind of sit back and absorb the pressure. They shut down the middle completely, right? And they gave... Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson both basically clear paths every time to cross mm-hmm. in the ball. And it worked for 40 minutes. I mean, it was immense pressure on the defense, but they held out pretty well for mm-hmm. 40 minutes. They did. And they scored in a set piece. I yeah. mean, they didn't score from open play. They didn't really have any great chances from open play in that first half. And, I mean, realistically, the crosses weren't creating anything too scary for Arsenal. I mean, there were moments where it was like, oh, Let's uh, maybe let's change this up a little yeah. and spread out. But the game plan for Arsenal was try and capitalize on a mistake and counterattack, yep. which they they almost did it twice, right? Mm-hmm. Pepe had the big chance where he stole the ball from, I think, yep. Henderson and made that great run and ended up kicking it right to Adrian. And uh, then Adrian fucked up yep. before that. And, uh, Gave Aubameyang a, really, a chance that it's, it's you a can't half hold chance. against him. Exactly, it's a half chance. But those are the ones that, if you want to you be Liverpool. You need in a game like this, you need to put that away. And yeah. you can't fault him. I mean, he no. made a great effort. But those are the bounces you need to go your way in these type of games. Yeah. So, um, Arsenal do go down one off the set piece, which was kind of like, it was just deflating is a good mm-hmm. way to describe it. Because I felt like Arsenal did have the better chances in that first yep. half overall, even after being yeah. completely dominated. But And also the fact that the reason he was so clear was that... Uh, Socrates was holding Van Dyke to the point that he blocked off Gunduzi from yeah. being able to get to Matip. Well, it looked like Van Dyke also had they Gunduzi were, in a semi headlock. Yeah, they were. It was all kind of a mess. But the, like when Gunduzi went to make the run to him, he was blocked off by his yeah. own player in a lot of ways. This is this is also the first game where I was like, I kind of don't like Virgil Van Dyke right now, and <laughs> um, because I felt like he was just bitching the entire game. 
I felt like every he, time the camera went to player. him, I think that's what it is. He's a player who doesn't shut up on the field. I right. Mean, like I, I might get hate for this, but I I'm a Virgil Van Dyke fan, and I will continue to be. But this game against Arsenal, I feel like every time the camera pointed this motherfucker, he had his arms in the air, like in a pouty face. Yeah. I was like, what is going on here? This is not the Virgil Van Dyke that I recognize. But anyways, maybe because it was. I don't think he's been getting sauced on Pepe closely enough. Yeah, maybe not. I think, but I, I don't. I'm not saying this is a bad thing because I look at this kind of like the the way I used to look at Vincent Company. I'm sure playing against Vincent Company was very annoying. Constantly talking to his own players, constantly talking to the other team, like and just and that's what you get with Van Dyke. It's yeah. it's a very vocal leadership approach. So they come, they're in on every call. They're talking to their team the whole time. Mm-hmm. They're and they get away with certain things. It too. Just I thought naggy. Van Dyke got away with a penalty at one point as well for a clear hold, a full-on just grab of I believe it was Aubameyang going through, and but that's what you get when you're a player of that stature. You get away with things a little bit, and I think that the vocalness is part of his game. I mean, I, yeah. I think you'll notice it more now if you watch him closely. But anyways, uh, at the end of this first half, I tweeted that I think Liverpool's defense is susceptible to the counterattack being scored on. Mm-hmm. Basically said they're a shell of themselves from what they look like last season. Mm-hmm. Last season, when I think of Liverpool, I think of, of course, the front three, clinical, uh, can score whenever they want. But I think of that defense, mm-hmm. and I think of how solid they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison won the Golden Glove, correct? Mm-hmm. Most clean yep. sheets. Yep. And that defense, I feel like they barely conceded last year. And this year, every single game that they've played since preseason – They've conceded, right? Mm-hmm. They conceded against yep. Norwich, yep. Chelsea in the Super Cup. Southampton, they should mm-hmm. have lost against. Yep. And Arsenal now, I mean, granted, it was a consolation goal. Mm-hmm. But got some hate on that on Twitter. Yep. I want to hear what you think about that take. I don't think you're wrong. I agree with you. I don't think they look as solidified. But I think that makes sense. Without Allison, they wouldn't be as solidified. Right. Um, but I think the reason you got some hate was I think people... Uh, rightfully so in a lot of ways. And and this is something I kind of felt with City last year where I felt it was Liverpool getting it. But the talk at the beginning of the season has been so praising of Arsenal and other teams like have gotten praised. Yeah. Whereas like it feels like Liverpool now kind of got what City were getting last year. It's like it's not fatigue, but like people are just looking for ways to be like, oh, well, this is an issue. Oh, this is an issue. So I'm guessing the Liverpool fans are probably sick of hearing how their defense doesn't look great as a winning games 4-1 and 3-1, it probably is getting a tad bit annoying. And believe me, I'm the last person to defend them. But I think that's what it is. But I think you're right. I mean, I think they look more vulnerable. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold has looked pretty poor defensively. I mean, Andy Robertson hasn't looked his defensive self either. I mean... And, and I mean, like those two, when they're on their game, are incredible. Both of the best in their position. And defensively is a big part of why they're so good. Mm -hmm. But like... Like I said, specifically, TAA has looked pretty poor defensively this season. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that they're doing badly. And to say that they're a shell of themselves is is kind of an exaggeration yeah. a little bit. But at the same time, it's like you can see that this team has flaws in the back right now. And probably most of that is from Adrian. The guy sometimes doesn't look like he knows how to play the position. He'll make a great save, and then he'll come out of his box and make a ridiculous play. Well, I think it's part of that. I think he's good at being a goalkeeper. I don't think he's fit for their style of play. No. Um, the way Allison can be involved and yeah. build up, I don't think Adrian's really built for that. And I think that's what kind of throws him off at times when he feels he has to be. And to your point that people are praising Arsenal, it's because they haven't been good. I know. No, I know. I'm not saying un- – it's just – there is like that fatigue thing, and I think we'll get to it more with Spurs because I feel like Spurs have got away this week without being criticized as much as they should. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna get to that for, but like, and, and I seen it's a lot of the Arsenal people who follow us retweeting the stuff, so I see it all the time. <laughs> but like, I feel like Arsenal got a lot of hate this week for this loss, which I think is a to be an expected loss. I don't think there's any yeah. shame in losing this game. I thought the issue I would have, and I want to get your take on this, and I don't want to talk about this game forever, but I do want to get well, your this take is, on this. Well, this is the marquee matchup. We yeah. can talk about this. I want to talk about Unai Emery. Yeah. Because second half was one of, it was an abysmal coaching display. Liverpool dominated them. He made no moves. He ended up making three subs, yeah. two of which he made very late. Um, 
and really didn't change the formation even with the subs. They were like-for-like replacements in a lot of ways. And it just, I don't know what he was doing. And this is the thing that goes back to what we had talked about last week when he was like, is he the guy to lead them forward? And I think what we came to consensus was he's the guy to get them back to top four, but we don't think he can win them the league. And I think you saw why this game. I think he's a good manager. I don't think he's a bad manager. I think some people mm. are overreacting saying he's bad. But I do think, like, in people you get outmanaged. Even the best managers get outmanaged at times. Um, but it was a very poor, very, like, just shocking well, how late he left some of the subs. And, and like, you saw the difference made when they brought them on. Yeah. Like, I thought, like... Lacazette coming on and Torreya both look good when they Sparks, came on. Yeah. I mean, Mikatarian's Mikatarian. He didn't really offer much, but I, I, when he, they brought in Mikatarian, it was just like, what the f- why? It, it's just why at this point. Like, bring in Martinelli. I would have been happy to see Martinelli go out there and run, just to you know say like, look, this is what we're doing now. We we know we lost the game. Yeah. We're gonna get run. Um, yeah, Mikatarian, stupid sub. The other two were way too late. But uh, to your point, Emery, he did get this one wrong. Uh, I think in the first half. People will probably say that he got the entire game wrong. He still got the first half wrong. You know, I, know I don't they survived, think so. But here's the thing. I don't think he did. And hold on. Because if you're if you're a, a worse team, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of teams do this. I mean, when Burnley played Arsenal, it's like you try and sit back. You try and capitalize on a mistake. But here, and that's what Arsenal did against Liverpool. And we saw Newcastle get a win over yeah. Spurs. We saw whoever get a fucking but win. But here's Palace. the thing. Here's the thing. I think we've seen now over and over again the way to beat teams like Liverpool and City is you have to go at Fight them back. somewhat. You have to, if you allow them to just go at you over and over and over again, they will eventually break you down. Yeah. Because their players are that good. And like Liverpool specifically are very good on set pieces. So if you're going to let them keep crossing it in, what happens when you cross it in a lot, you end up in a lot of corners. Yeah. And if you keep giving them them with the, with Van Dyke, with Matip, these are players who score goals off corners. I know, but we also have Socrates and David Luiz defending, which are two well, pretty good set-piece defenders. Yeah, well, we have to talk about David Luiz, too. Um, I want to just point out, I think I texted you and said by the third game was yeah. what I said. And boy, did he go David Luiz this game. <laughs> he did. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, the second half was, was just a fucking shit show. But... <laughs> I want to I want to talk about the the coaching for just a little bit longer yeah. and say that I don't think he got the first half wrong per se. I think um, as an Arsenal fan, you'd want to see them try and bite back. Mm-hmm. But realistically, we're not at the level of Liverpool, right? So if you do that, we might have the another five one defeat mm-hmm. like we yeah. we've had in the past years. It's just you can't go head to head with these guys. If you're Arsenal right now, they're just not on the same level. And it's unfortunate to say it because as an Arsenal fan, I want to say Arsenal can go out and beat anyone. Newcastle just beat Tottenham this week. Why can't we do something like that to them? But it's just if I'm being realistic and not letting my emotions get the best of me, it's like maybe this is how you do it. Maybe you just try and lock up, defend and capitalize on a rare mistake and you might be lucky to get a point. But conversely... You could say, why not just go at them? And if you lose 5 nothing, you lose 5 nothing. Yeah. But at least you tried to give them a run. Yeah. And second half, to not change anything, was very poor. Well, that was the thing. is like You were getting down. It was starting to break them down by the end of the first half. Yes. So it was becoming clear that the space was opening up. Because that was the thing, too, is Liverpool had made the change. Mm-hmm. Alexander-Arnold and, and uh, Robertson weren't going forward as much. Um, and they were attacking more through the middle in the second half. You saw a lot more from Firmino in the second half. Yeah. Um, and then once they had the lead, they actually hung back pretty far back and just kind of held on to the ball. But it just—I don't know. I did. I thought it was a very bad game from Emery. I, I, I just—I I expect say more from half. him. The second half was bad. Uh, I mean, the early penalty, David Luiz, very stupid play. He just got yeah. beat by most. I mean, the penalties. The penalty was bad. It was his the second most solid goal was the one I thought was inexcusable from Louise. He was just I don't know what he was doing. He just kind of was nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like it was very poor. It's not the guy that you want to stab on and credit to Mo Salah <clears throat> because that was a fantastic goal. He made mm-hmm. the run from midfield. Yep. And that's a vintage Mo Salah run and finish. Uh so credit to him. David Louise, I mean, he had a decent first half. You could say that he was the best Arsenal defender in the first <laughs> half, probably. And then come second half, I mean, this is this is the 
gap in quality right here. I think David Luiz versus Mo Salah is not the matchup that you want if you're an Arsenal fan. And mm-hmm. if you're a Liverpool fan, uh, you're probably very happy to see something like yep. this. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to Liverpool are perhaps the best team in Europe right now. Uh, and you might not like me to say that, but they are the, the, defending, well, the defending Champions team. League well, winners. <clears throat> yep. And, uh, I mean, realistically, for Arsenal to even get a goal out of this is, mm-hmm. I mean, semi-encouraging. But it, it wasn't a game that we were probably ever going to win, especially away. I think at home, Arsenal could have a chance uh, to at least salvage some points. But Lacazette needs to come on earlier. Torreya needs to start over Xhaka in this game. I don't think Xhaka did anything particularly good he didn't play poorly but he just doesn't bring anything to the table for me mm-hmm. and uh i think Torreya gives you more bite yeah more tenacity i think is a good word for him and i mean it is what it is i'm upset that arsenal couldn't finish their chances in the first half and give liverpool a real run but on a day where manchester united lose and tottenham lose i mean it, it wasn't the worst result you can yeah. get against perhaps the best team in europe so, I guess that's where I'll probably end my rant. Yeah, I think that's good. I think we can move on now. <sighs> but I will never move on from the, <laughs> the suffering and the pain that I feel every time I look at this 3-1 scoreline. Uh, let's move on to Watford 1, West Ham 3. Yes. And Watford continue to lose and lose and lose. Uh, they actually give up a goal in the third minute on a penalty, and Mark Noble puts it away. Then, Andre Gray... Nice Fires finish back. from Andre yeah, it was. Gray, too. Uh, wasn't that their first goal of the season? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Right, yep. Three games to score is not yep. ideal. Troy Deeney. I mean, we need more from Troy Deeney here, right? Troy Deeney should have at least four like Ashley Barnes does at this point. And then uh, a late brace from the man, Sebastian Haller. Yeah. The record signing for West Ham. He's going to score goals. He's good. He's just going to score goals. He's a good player. He's a good player. He will score goals in this league. Two scrappy finishes, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felipe Anderson made a fantastic yes. play on yep. the left wing, crossed the ball in, put it on a silver platter for him, impossible mm-hmm. to miss from there unless yep. you're a Bamiang. <laughs> um, and then the second goal, Mikel Antonio smacked it off the post, yeah. <laughs> and he did like a semi-bicycle yep. kick, right, Holler, yep. to finish it? He, like I said, he'll get goals, and Wofford, uh, Wofford may be in trouble. I think there's a lot of talent here. I don't think they're going down. No. But um, I could see a, another managerial change in their near future. Change in their change. near future. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Gavin sent us a tweet, and I, I guess we can answer this now. It's our only Twitter question. But it was about um, favorites to be sacked. Yeah, and Javi Gracia. Javi Gracia is the 11-10 to 10 favorite. Steve Bruce is in second place at 9-1. to 1. Ole is actually 10-1, to 1, which is kind of surprising. Well, yeah, the, uh, the we'll get to that. The, Uni- the United rebirth has uh, been very short-lived. Huh? <laughs> it, that 4-0 looks a long time ago. Uh, this is the only thing. He, he starts off real hot, and then it seems to taper off. Roy- also, Steve Bruce just had a big weekend. Give the yeah, guy right? a fucking break. Uh, Roy Hodgson, 10-1. to Marco Silva, 12-1. to Those are the top favorites. So let's diverge from the Watford yeah. game for a second. And I want to hear who you think is actually going to be the one, if there is one. Javi Garcia. Yeah? Yeah. That, you really think I they'll mean, continue on like this? I don't know if they'll continue on, but my thing is they've Wofford has shown the the Pozzo family have shown that they're not afraid to sack managers and move things around. They own multiple clubs. This is what they do. So good year last year. Yeah, though. I mean it's quite a shame, but this is kind of the hangover from the FA Cup. I feel like that was such a beat down. It's like I feel like they haven't recovered. Yeah. So uh, if changes don't happen soon, I think he could be out. I really. If I had to pick one from this list, you're gonna pick Steve Bruce, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, it has to be Steve Bruce, right? I mean, they I got say, a big Hassan win. Huddle should maybe be up there too, though. How absolutely dare they you? They got a big win this weekend, but not good before that. But ha- I'm just saying, he's got to be up there on the list. I wouldn't. I don't know. I love Hassan Huddle. Marco Silva is an interesting one for me. Snake right? oil salesman. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'll saying. Never let that go. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to believe he's a good manager. I'm not saying that I don't believe in Marco Silva, but I'll do it for you. I don't believe in Marco Silva. <laughs> but early signs are not promising thus far. Uh, but let's move on. Let's go to Sheffield United one, Leicester City two. We had an early goal from James Vardy. No, Jamie Vardy. 
Uh, and a delightful pass from James Madison. Yes. It's a James to a Jamie. Close enough. Uh, did you see that pass I did. outside that was of the foot? Incredible. <laughs> yeah, James Madison redeemed himself after being kind of a. A ball hog. Yeah, a ball <laughs> hog in the Chelsea game, to put it bluntly. He was uh, much better in this match. Yeah. Best player on the field. And then they got a goal from McBurney. Yeah. Sheffield United <laughs> McBurney. Yep. And I was I was so excited for the Blaze. I thought they were going to pull this one out. But Harvey Barnes with a wonder strike. That's my man, Harvey Barnes. You know I love <laughs> Harvey Barnes. And uh, Handsome Squidward sent him in the ball, and he hit a (laughs) Sainaku. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) But he looks like Handsome Squidward. (laughs) And uh, Harvey Barnes. It's probably one of the better goals you'll see all year, right? I don't know why this wasn't more on Twitter, more visible, but hit a fucking rocket of a volley into the top corner. And uh, Leicester get the win away from home. Sheffield United, though, very promising early on in the season. I can't get over Handsome Squidward. <laughs> You're looking at yes. He does, right? Uh, he does, yeah. It's a good shout. Yeah. Um, but Leicester City, doing pretty well. Yes. I'm a fan of Leicester this year. Yeah, I mean, we had mentioned they had the shot to break in the top six. I think um, I picked Everton over them. You did, which now looks like a big mistake. <laughs> I, I picked Chelsea, which... um. Mm. Mm, we'll yeah. get to that uh, but uh, I do think Leicester look pretty good here they uh, they're just they're a very scrappy scrappy team yeah I think that they will if not in the top six they will be right there fighting mm-hmm. for it all season all right and then another team fighting for the top six Manchester United yes. they lose at Old Trafford to relegation favorites Crystal Palace this was an interesting match and uh, we got a goal early from IU. Yeah, right there you should lose a match. <laughs> when you let one of the IU brothers score on you, the game should be over. It's done. Everybody goes home. And pretty simple goal. I mean, they, they yeah. sent a ball Good in finish, behind the too, defense. Good finish, too, from Jordan IU. But just, I mean, this guy has been, I feel like he has been on every relegated team every season for like the last 10 years. Yeah. So when you let him score, it's bad. But United then dominated this game in terms of possession. Had multiple penalty shouts, got a penalty, and blasted it. They missed the penalty? Yes, I off the bar. That. Marcus Rashford. Ooh. So so much for the, oh, Pogba took a penalty away from Rashford. He missed it. <laughs> well, Rashford got his penalty back and blasted it into the bar. Yikes. Um, then there were some shouts for another penalty, which probably should have been given. But then Daniel James. Daniel James, that's correct. The Welsh maestro. Top bins. A beautiful goal. It was. But the celebrations were short-lived. Because <laughs> Patrick Van Eyhole. Eyhole? Van Arnold. <laughs> Van Eyhole. No, terrible pronunciation. Patrick Van Arnold. He, he, he put his laces through it. But David De Gea decided that he really isn't good anymore. <laughs> that was, I think this was just like, for me, I, I watched this, I just said, yeah, he's just really not that good anymore, no, huh? He, like He's fallen off. This is a goal you have to save. It was a you let's have to save. Let's just say it was a terrible goal. Yes. Right? For, if post, you're a goalkeeper, terrible goal. Near post concede. right into him. Yeah. Like, you need to save that. 100% a save. Yeah. Every time that's Needs a save from be. David De Gea. Needs to be for any Premier League keeper, in my opinion, but specifically for the man considered by many to be the best in the world. Yeah, he is really not that, that anymore. No. Uh, we, we saw last year that he was having struggles. It was after the World Cup he started really... On his decline. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. He's kind of fulfilling the prophecy here. And he's continued on his downward trend. David De Gea needs to figure it out. Um, but yeah, United, like you said, they dominate the game. And they lose 2-1 at Old Trafford in Fergie time. Reverse yep. Fergie time. They lose. Huge for Arsenal. Huge for Chelsea. Yep. And uh, I guess Tottenham too. Big yeah. for them. Like I said, the United luster that was there after that 4-0 win to start the season. A draw and a loss wipes that away pretty quickly. Yeah, and especially to Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. Yeah. That's a real, real Palace who were looking like a relegation favorite yeah. in the first two matches. Yep, and uh, also I, I don't know. one thing to say: big credit to Wilfred Zaha, someone we both criticized last game for looking rather uninterested. Yeah, was excellent. Yeah, he did. Game. He brought it this game, and. Um, 
back to his he gave, best. He gave Wambasaka a run for his money near the end. Wambasaka had a rough game. He did. Uh, him and Harry Maguire both that fought for the IU goal. Just Wambasaka doing the opposite of Wambasaka, just not really tracking back. And then Harry Maguire way out of position. It was just that was poor on both of them. Both yeah. who have had a good start to the season. Yeah, both of them were, were great in at least that first Chelsea mm-hmm. game. And I don't remember who they played last week. They played against uh, Wolves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Wolves are a great team, so we can't fault them too much. Uh, but let's move on to Brighton. Nil. Southampton, two. Yeah. Uh, the Amex, the Fortress, no longer so solid. Uh, Florini oh, Andone. It makes it easier when Andone decides he just doesn't want to play. Yeah, got a straight red card. And Jimmy... I hate to say it, but that's what you get when you don't start the fucking king. Yeah, exactly. I said this. I don't want to see Glenn Murray losing minutes this season. Yeah. And Graham Potter's got on my last fucking nerve <laughs> three games in. <laughs> and Farini and Donay made him pay for that. Put him on, put Graham Potter on notice. Yeah, Graham Potter, you're on fucking notice, boy. And, uh, <laughs> and from there, I mean, Southampton kind of took the game to him. And we got a goal from DiGiannopo. That a way to say it? I don't think that's the way no, to say it. No, terribly pronounced. Uh, gets one Giappo? Of the, no, I think it's DJ Napo. D- I like that. DJ Napo. DJ, D- <laughs> DJ Napo. DJ Napo, sure. Uh, he gets one in the 55th off of Danny Ings' assist. Danny Ings does something positive. Yes. What a shock. Um, and <laughs> then, what a shock. <laughs> and then Nathan Redmond gets uh, the late finishing goal, assisted by... Buffal. Yeah, he could Buffal's not have missed good. one. He could not have missed that goal. That was literally <laughs> in the net. Yeah, I mean, disappointing for Brain to lose at home versus Southampton. Last season, this was a six-point swinger. Uh, not so much early on in the season because Brighton have done pretty well. But this is a result based solely on the fact that Glenn Murray didn't start. And I will stand by that forever. Yeah, and I mean, after what Andoni did, he really shouldn't be starting anytime soon. Well, he'll be suspended for a little while now, so yeah. Glenn will be back in the lineup, yes. and balance has been restored. Uh, but let's move over to Norwich City 2, Chelsea 3. Exciting game here. This was a good game. We this had, was a good one. Yeah, we had a great game here. Uh, Tammy Abraham gets his Chelsea account open finally three games in after 100 chances in the third minute, scores a great goal. Uh, was that the volley? That was yes. the volley. Yes. Off and the then, Christian Pulisic. What's it called in hockey? The double assist? The, I, I don't know. I don't know. We call it, I call it the MLS assist because I think they count these in MLS if you really? assist the guy. Yeah. The uh, pass before the assist. The, yes. The uh, the lead up. We, we got to come up with a good name for it. I think it, it has a name. It's called like the double assist in hockey. All right. Double assist. We're going to call it that. The double <laughs> assist. You've solved it. It's done. And but then, this was the best game for Pulisic. He yeah. was good this game. He was. He was good. And we've been critical, but has an actual assist then on a excellent finish from Mason Mount, who uh, he's getting people excited. The English media, the English fans are getting excited about Mason Mount, as they should be. Um, but more exciting than that, it's on the other side. <laughs> Our boy, Todd. Todd Cantwell. The scout, Jimmy. Yes. I've scouted this man oh, the first oh, game against Liverpool. And you didn't tell me. He's a local lad. I didn't know that. I, I found that out, and I was very excited. This man, he celebrated. He was ecstatic. I loved it. And then, I mean, the legend continues. The Timu Puki <laughs> golden scores boot. again. Leading the race the for the golden boot, Timu Puki. Who would have thought? Yes. Us. Us. After we he did. scored 29 goals in the championship, um, we knew. But then, second half, Tammy Abraham with an excellent goal. Yeah. And he was just all around great this game. This was a t- this was a Tammy Abraham we were hoping to see. Um, I thought Chelsea were really really good this match. Their defense continues <laughs> to be a, a major issue. Yeah, granted, I mean you're playing really good, but yeah. you're still yeah. almost losing points yeah. to Norwich. Granted, well, you're away. Granted, and, Norwich are very good. And, and but... I do want to attack one person on Chelsea. Go ahead, Ross Barkley. Ah. <sighs> uh, I'm done with Ross Barkley. I'm sick of reading and hearing people tweet about him, and he just he gets talked about so much for someone who does so little. Literally hasn't been good since he left Everton. He he just does not. He wasn't even good at Everton though. He really wasn't that good. He had one good season. He's pretty good. And he kind of went backwards. And he just I I'm just I'm done with them. <laughs> I'm over Ross Barkley. I'm sick of it. Quite frankly, I don't want to hear about him anymore. And I also want to use that in the opposite way and say, Jorginho deserves an apology. Because Jorginho's been good. 
He has, has genuinely he been good. You know who Jorginho has been so far this season? Kind of akin to Granite Jaka, where it's like, he's fine. He's not doing anything completely wrong, but he's just like, just bland. I feel like he doesn't yeah, do anything. But he, he, I think he got a lot of criticism last season. He's fucking and garbage. I, I don't think he's a bad player. He was bad, bad last year, and he had so much hype with him. He's Sari's guy. He brought him in specifically. I don't think he necessarily. I think he was set up to fail by Sari. I think Sari refused to make changes and just kind of left him out there. And he was an easy punching bag for people. I, I, I think he's a good player. I mean, I'm not saying that Jorginho isn't good, but it, we just haven't really seen anything. No, I don't think he's spectacular. Him. He's not special. To warrant the love that he had before. Yeah. I mean, you wanted him at Manchester City. Yep. He couldn't play for City the way he looks. Uh, no, I think he would have been found out at City. Because yeah. um, I'm going to get to the man who ended up finally coming in to take that spot shortly when we get to the City game. All right. Well, um, one thing I did want to ask you before we move on from this. Who are you more excited for if you're a Chelsea fan? Tammy Abraham or Mason Mount? Mason Mount. I'm going the opposite way. I really, even though Tammy Abraham has taken three games to score and has had very good chances mm-hmm. in games prior and uh, the Super Cup, I'm more in on Tammy Abraham. I think he's a legitimate striker. I do too. I like Tammy Abraham, but I think Mason Mount just. And it's funny because Abraham's uh, he he is a Chelsea youth team player as well, but Mount just has that like he. He just seems like that he bleeds that Chelsea blue. Yeah. And I feel like the fans connect with him so much. Mm-hmm. And because he's got he was with Lampard last year, it's almost like he's the like the adopted Frank Lampard's son <laughs> of the team. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's a successor to Lampard in a lot of ways. So I think Chelsea fans are more excited about Mason Mount. And I mean he's he showed up. I mean, I think they're both great players. Play. I think when you, you look at them, you look at Hudson Odoi when he's back, you look at one of my favorite players, Who's that? Uh, the big man, whose name I'm escaping me as I call him one of my favorite Zuma? players. No. What? Oh, my God. The man we watched rupture his damn leg. Oh, Ruben Oh, my God. Ruben. Big Ruben. I'm sorry. I forgot your yeah. name. He generally is one of my favorite players in the league, too. I think every time I see Loftus-Cheek play, he's like a Rolls Royce. He's just yeah. he's so big, but he's so smooth. He is just, I think... Like Big when I look smooth. at Ross Barkley, <laughs> he's gonna step right into that spot when he's healthy, and he's gonna look so much better. And I look at Chelsea and I see this is a young, good English-based team. I think Chelsea fans are gonna actually have some real pride in this team, and I think that will get them over the rough periods that they may have. They can have some pride in yeah. finishing I'm in sorry, seventh I place this your name, year. Ruben. Yeah, seventh place is gonna be a very prideful finish for them because they have no fucking defense. Uh, but let's yeah, move they, on. They really need Ruger back. <laughs> they like, need him back. They need to like. Whatever doctors they need to find, the alien doctors from Area 51, they got to do something to get him back on the field because uh, Christensen and Zuma are not. They need David Luiz back. No, no, no. I don't, again, they, that they don't need. <laughs> they could use maybe John Terry. Bring John Terry back. Yeah, that's who they need. Uh, let's move on to Wolves 1, Burnley 1. We have a worldie being scored by Ashley Barnes in the 13th minute. A volley from what? 27 yards out, probably? Yeah. The bump is real. The bump is real. Ashley Barnes is 2019 Glenn Murray. Yeah, seriously. And uh, we were in on him last year. We called him the mean man. Yes. But he's he's really showed up this year so far. And like all great goals. Like he is scoring incredible goals on a weekly basis. They've been pretty good so far. This has definitely been the highlight. But week one, too, he had the volley, the absolute rocket in the first game of the season. Ashley Bond's come to play. I guess so. Well, Burnley yes. are Burnley are back. Yes, Burnley are back. Can we Wolves say that? We're extremely lucky. The late penalty yeah. to salvage a point in this one. And Jimenez with the yes. with the weak, scared penalty. <laughs> the slow roll up. Yeah. I mean he was very lucky that it was not saved. I mean who's who's been goal for Burnley it's right Nick now? Pope. Nick Pope. I was gonna say Heaton. He's on Villa. Heaton's now. Villa now, yeah. yeah. But Nick Pope went the and opposite. Joe Hart's still there. Been. Joe Hart. Joe Hart's Nick Pope's fucking fluffer. <laughs> That's all Joe Hart should do. Joe Hart shines his shoes. Um, but let's move on to Tottenham. Nil. At home. Newcastle. One. What happened here, Jimmy? What happened? Um, Joe Litone. Joe Litone. <laughs> why, do we, why do you say it like that? Joe Linton. It's not Joe a, Litone. It's not a real name. All right, fine. Joe Litone. Jelly Town. <laughs> well, anyways, he opens his account in the Premier League away 
at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And probably the easiest goal he'll ever score. Yeah. Uh, nice finish, though. Yeah, I mean, it's easy when you're one-on-one with the goalie <laughs> and you have probably five seconds to settle. And uh, he scores Newcastle, who haven't looked like they have any clue what they're doing in their first two prior games. Quite frankly, they really look like they had much clue what they were doing <laughs> in this one either. But they get a win away at Tottenham. How did this happen? Did you get to watch it? I did watch this. And I want to point out, when I say they didn't know what they were doing, it was 81% possession to Spurs. <laughs> 81. Love that. Um, but Newcastle had chances. Um, they, Like we said, Joliton with the goal. I can't pronounce that name. Joliton. St. Maxim had yeah. to come out of the game with an injury. Um, and Newcastle just, they, they really did bunker. They just, they <laughs> buckled down. Said we're getting this result. Um, their defense, Dummett, Lascelles, and Shar, the three center backs, were excellent, including <laughs> Lascelles. Probably should have gave away a penalty to Harry Kane, where he injures himself and falls directly into the path of where Harry Kane was about to take a shot. Um, and then Spurs, their their breakout player of the season, Var, didn't show up. Did not give them the penalty, and they did not get the result. And I want to say this, Spurs, outside of Everton, you were one of the big disappointments so far this season. Mm. You should have three points. You have four. You don't deserve that point against City. It's true. That was a robbery. <laughs> and you lost this one. So I, I am not impressed with Spurs so far this season. If you actually look at their run, um since I think the like last fifteen games, stat, yeah. they've won. I think three. They are like, it's been a downhill. I think slope lately it was, for Spurs. It was like in their last fifteen games or something like that since last season. They've only had fifteen points. It's yeah. some very bad stat like that. But I know that they were in the bottom three for teams that are currently in the Premier League in in terms of form mm-hmm. since last season. Um, not sure if that really makes yeah. a difference, but Tottenham. Uh, you know, might be finishing outside the top four from what we see here. Too early I, to tell. I still think, here's the thing I want to say. Poch. I still think they'll be there because of Pochettino because I think we're seeing, and I tweeted this, I think, this week, we're seeing the gap in class of managers in the league. When you look at Klopp, Pep, Steve and Pochettino, Bruce. and Steve, Steve Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> um, there's, there's just a big gap between the rest. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't see it. We didn't, we didn't see it this, this week, week, but I think in the end they'll have enough to get through. But I think I think I want to say this: three weeks in, it is a two-horse race yet again. I think it's safe. I'm safe moving Tottenham out of it. Uh, you might need to move Arsenal in there. I'm, I'm telling you, they're gonna be there. They're gonna be uh, lagging behind in third place. They're not gonna win the league. They're not gonna even challenge for it. That's my point. I yeah. think it's it's really is a two-horse race again. I think we're gonna have a very fun, entertaining year. But I think it will be a two-horse race again. Yeah. I just think City and Liverpool are so much better than everybody else. They are. They are. That's no secret. Uh, but let's move on to Manchester City. They beat Bournemouth away 3-1. So, Jimmy, take it away. So, this one was uh, somewhat of a surprising lineup, I thought, for City. Just uh, Gundogan getting the start again after being pretty poor, I thought, in the Spurs match. Uh, Marisk on the bench yet again. Uh, City do score early though Under 15 minutes again Sergio Aguero Scrappy goal Clinical kind of there um, Puts it away And then Raheem Sterling scores a beautiful goal It was David Silva ran this game He was vintage the, All the talk from City fans From everyone has been that he's kind of You know he's past it At this point He was So far and away the best player on the field this game it was incredible he looked like he turned back the clock five years he was so good sterling puts it away and it looks like city are gonna cruise but then liverpool loney harry wilson comes on and they would the, the announcers would not shut up about him they kept talking about him and i go they really like this wilson guy they would not shut up but then he just he earned it all with a masterful free kick that was fantastic that was it was art perfect that was 22 years top old. Bins, an absolute beautiful goal. Changed the game for a while. But 64th minute, Sergio Aguero scores again. Scrappy goal. Scrappy goal again. Just doing Aguero things after, again, great work by Silva. Um, and at that point, the game was done. 
Um, I do want to point out one thing. Philip Billing. Mm-hmm. Disgraceful. He got hit in the face. Went down for five minutes. Holding the wrong side of his face. <laughs> he, first of all, is the, he's the biggest person I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He is massive. He looks like he's on stilts. He's a giant man, and he is a big baby. This was embarrassing. He barely got touched by Bernardo. I don't get it. Like, if Bournemouth were up, I could understand it. They were losing. I just, all I could say was I'm watching, I go, he just, he's given up. He doesn't want to be out there anymore. And he was hoping he could be subbed off. But I believe they were out of subs at the time. So they were, he was stuck on at that point. But the main takeaway I had from this game is just how good Rodri is. Rodri came on for Gundogan. And at that point, Bournemouth was still in the game, had a chance to attack. It stopped from there and it was over. He just, it was a calming presence, control, composed on the ball. City slowed the game down. City killed off the game all because of Rodri. Three matches in, he's like, it's a seamless transition. Yeah. And he offers City size, which I think is a big thing. He's a big guy, which City is a very small team in general. And to offer that and the way he can move on the ball for someone his size and his passing is incredible. He's just, he's a game changer. Um, I think having him there is going to be a, a big difference this year for City. Yeah, I mean, and so far so good. As well for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and their winger, not their right back, yeah. their winger, Jao Cancelo. But before we get into our predictions, let's stop and thank our sponsors. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. And we're back. But before we really get into the predictions, I know I just said that. I do have to say that if you're trying to go to a game, you're trying to buy seats for a game, Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app. Save up to $100 on all tickets for first-time customers. Jimmy, that's a great deal. Amazing. And I should have used that when I went to the Titans game this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I didn't sell my basement for nothing. That's true. I mean, we got to put that ad money to good use, right? Exactly. Use code OVERTIME on the Vivid Seats mobile app, please. But all right, let's get into the predictions, finally. And let's start off on Saturday, August 31st. At 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we have Southampton at home versus Manchester United. Who do you have? So, I I want to continue the demise of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with a 2-1 United win. Same thing I was going to say. I, I don't foresee this being an easy game for United, but I do think they'll pull out the yep. victory away. I wouldn't be shocked if Southampton steals some points from them, though. Um, then we have Chelsea at Stamford Bridge at 10 a.m. Eastern Time versus Sheffield United, the Blades. I'm going to go with a 2-0 Chelsea win. Um, I think they actually get a clean sheet in this one. Really? Yeah. Chelsea don't do clean they sheets, don't. though. Uh, hmm. This is tough. I'll go 2-1 Chelsea. I have our boy getting off and getting a goal this one, too. Billy Sharp? Off the duck. No, not Billy Sharp. Our boy Christian. From Hershey, Pennsylvania, oh. scoring in this one. I think this is the one that he does. Well, my boy in this game is Billy Sharp. I'll be rooting for him. Uh, but yeah, it's good luck to pull Billy Sharp, first of all. Uh, and then we have Crystal Palace versus Villa. I I have 1-1 one, one in my head, so I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'll go 2-1 Villa. I think they're going to continue on their win. Uh, Leicester versus Bournemouth. Fun game. Yeah, uh, I am going to go with a 3-1 Leicester victory. Ooh, I'll go 2-1 Leicester. Big 2-1 guy this weekend. And then oof, we have a real good one here. We have Manchester City at home versus Brighton with Glenn Murray. Sure to get the start yeah. this game. So, I'm quite frankly, this worries me a little yep. bit. But I am going to go with a 4-0 City victory. Excuse you? Nil? 4-0. No, that's incorrect. I'll give you a chance to change your response. <laughs> Glenn Murray is starting. Uh, I'll go 3-1. Brighton get a goal, obviously, from Glenn Murray, but it's not enough to ward off Manchester City. Scored in this fixture last season, may he I did. remind you. He did. He made me very nervous, actually. Almost gave Liverpool the title. Yeah, as it stands. <laughs> Newcastle at home versus Watford. 
So this is a big. This is an early season six pointer <laughs> for Watford. Watford not going down. Let's get I'm that gonna, out of your head. And I'm picking Newcastle. I'm gonna go Newcastle one nil. This is tough because Jolie Town scores yeah. again. <laughs> this is difficult because Newcastle's defense has actually looked semi-solid. They're good. They're actually good. Like, well, if Lascelles is healthy. I like Shar and Lascelles. Uh, Dummett's all right. He's okay. Yeah, Shar is really good. Yes. Um, I'll go two-one Watford. It's a reluctant two-one, but I have Newcastle going down still this year, so I got to pick Watford here. West Ham at home versus Norwich. This is a great one. I want to see this one. I'm very sad. It's the same time as the City match. Mm-hmm. I have a three-three. Wow. Goals galore. I mean, we're gonna get goals, right? Norwich score a lot. They concede a fair amount. Let's say 3-2 Norwich. I'm giving Norwich a win away. Timo Pukki, Brace, Cantwell gets the other. Burnley at home versus Liverpool. I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. I don't think so. If there's a game... No, I don't think so. 7-0. If there's a game (laughs) that Burnley could maybe scrap something out, it's at Turf Moor. Love to see it. Uh, It's like, it's stupid. For me to not pick Liverpool to get all three points. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. That's my bold prediction of the year. 1-1, one, one, Burnley get a draw. Uh, they're back to the old Burnley where they don't concede goals and Ashley Barnes just scores boatloads for them. Then on Sunday, we have Everton Wolves at 9 a.m. I have 2-1 Wolves. Really? Mm-hmm. I have 2-1 Everton. I'm going to go the opposite direction here. Does Moisekin finally start? Um, he has to, right, at this point. How much longer can you continue to run Calvert-Lewin out there? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be working at all. I think he should start. I don't think he will. But uh, let's move on to the big one. Arsenal, again, are the marquee matchups. Yep. They have two tough matches in a row. Never ideal, but at least they're playing a small club. They're playing Tottenham at 11.30. Jimmy, what do you think is going to happen here? We can go a little bit deeper into this one, right? Yeah. So this is this is a tough one. At the Emirates. That's the thing. So Arsenal at home are always a pretty much a safe bet most of the time. But I was very unimpressed with them against Liverpool. Now Liverpool are a different beast than Tottenham. Tottenham who just lost to Newcastle. And Tottenham have been very disappointing. They were very lucky to get the point they got against City. They were completely outclassed. And then they struggled against Villa for most of the match. I am going to go with a 2-2 draw. And I'm leaning more towards a 2-1 Spurs was what I was going to say. What? But I'm going to go 2-2 draw. You're so wrong. Because I think Harry Kane is going to absolutely terrorize David Luiz. No I could see way. a David Luiz red card in this game. No. I, I think David, I've said it. I stand by I think he's a disaster. No. I think he is calamity. You are so defense. completely wrong. It's but not even funny. at the same time, I think if Lacazette starts and Nico Pepe starts, I think that Tottenham will have real issues dealing with them. Kyle Walker-Peters and Danny Rose did not look good against the City attackers. I think Arsenal will get goals, so I'm 2-2 draw. This may be the first game where we actually see Aba on the left, Laka up the middle, Pepe on the right. I think this is when it's actually going to happen for that reason that you said. Uh, Tottenham have issues on their wings right now, especially in Kyle Walker-Peters, who hasn't looked really up to standard thus far. Uh, I think this is going to be a great battle, as it always is. The North London Derby is always fantastic. But Arsenal are obviously going to get a win here at home. I think this is a pretty clear victory. (laughs) I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but I'm going to go 3-1 again. And I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a sound victory. They might go down initially. They might go down one nil to Spurs, but I think Arsenal are winning this game ten out of ten. Full we, confidence. We shall see. And Joe Willock is gonna start again. Guendouzi's gonna start again. Jacques is gonna be out for Torreya. Uh, I don't think Torreya will start. I think he will. I just don't think Emery likes Torreya anymore. I don't know why. He just seemed to sour on him quite. Yeah, a bit. I'm not sure, but I think. We're just starting to see that Jaka doesn't really bring much to the table. And I think Torreya played well in this fixture last year. Um, might be a boost for him. But uh, I will say, Nacho Monreal might not be with Arsenal uh, come next game. Supposedly, he's on his way to Real Sociedad. 
So we might see Sead Kalasinak get his debut, um, which wouldn't be ideal um, playing against Taco Here, for here's a debut. Here's a question but. for you. Do you think there's a chance that we say Vertonghen play out wide and take maybe Danny Rose's spot in this one? He hasn't been playing. Mm. I think he's an excellent player. I think Tottenham, or did Tottenham consider maybe going to a back three? That's it. That's more realistic than I think. Danny Rose not playing this game. Danny Rose hasn't been particularly bad. I think Kyle Walker Peters has been. Kyle um, Walker Peters has been worse. Yeah. But I don't think Danny Rose has been good either. No, but I don't know if he warrants a complete shift in their lineup. I'm just wondering. I, I think Vertonghen needs to be back on the field. I think that they look more solidified with him there. A back three wouldn't be a bad tactic for Tottenham this game. But, uh, I mean, I think they're going to get beat on the wings. So you gotta you got to give Kyle Walker-Peters a chance to prove himself. you got to give Danny Rose a chance against the Bamiyang. Um, well, we shall I guess see. we'll see. But I think Nico Pepe is going to absolutely destroy these boys. And uh, another prediction okay, I'm going to have. Smith. Yeah, <laughs> another prediction is Pepe finally gets his goal. And might I remind you, Arsenal fans, I saw the a stat game today. finally gets his goal was a bit And this is where I'm guy. going. This is where I'm going. He's been great every time we've seen him, aside from the first game where he kicked the ball out of bounds like twice. Uh, it took Henri eight games to score his first Premier League goal. So keep that in mind if he doesn't score, but he will. Guaranteed, certified 3-1 Arsenal victory. But, Jimmy, I think that's all we have for this week. So why don't you hit them with the plugs? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SoccerMostly. Email us, MostlySoccerShow at gmail.com. We ask that you please leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We've been seeing an uptick in them, I think largely due to Michael bribing people with stickers. But we appreciate each and every one. And uh, we will look towards reading some of those out on the next few episodes. I got so. a quick one to read. Oh, he's got one to read today. It's look at just that. from TurtleMan97. Love the name. And just the review says, wait for it. And then the comment is Turtle. Turtle. five star okay. no idea who that is but we appreciate it yeah we love turtles yeah and uh we will see you next week bye bye